Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade Podcast. I am your host, Brian Downing. Joined as always, live via satellite from a ship far, far away, it's the deadliest catch, Lee Brando. Not always via satellite. Just, Just sometimes via satellite. Occasionally via satellite. Yeah. Yeah, get your get your facts straight there. Um I mean we could it's just like that Samoa Joe Brock Lesnar bit where they're doing interviews where they look like they're not there but they're really just down the hall from each other. Yeah, that was weird looking back, thinking uh thinking that they were kind of just 30 yards away from each other. Well, you know, things happen and sometimes you just got to go beat up Paul Heyman. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. That should that should be our motto. Sometimes you just got to beat up Paul Heyman. We have you know, interestingly enough, um, Paul Heyman was one of very few people that refused to do interviews in the uh, Ric Flair Thirty for Thirty that just came out on ESPN, which is getting uh, critical acclaim uh, across the board. I think. I agree with the critical acclaim. There's a little part of me that thinks it might be just a smidge overblown, having watched it, by the fact that it's, they did the wrestling part right, but that's also because it was definitely a WWE co-production. Um, yeah. WWE's logo was all over it, but uh, I will say that I heard a lot of people say the same thing. Emotional roller coaster, and... I'll be honest, that roller coaster ride was pretty high for the first like hour and t- 10 minutes. It then just kind of it got real sad, but um it's very good. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um we uh we have a lot to get through today, so I think we're going to push that back to next week so we can uh, get through all the news and notes cuz it's been a real real busy week. Um it has been such a busy week, but before we get into all the news and notes, I just I'm 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 like b- busting at the seams here with excitement because we just got confirmation of something uh, that we that I want to announce. Do you want to announce it? I as excited as I am, you seem more excited than I do. It was more of a rhetorical question. Okay, well, why don't you go ahead, sir, since you are the star of the show. Well, uh, well, no, we're both the stars of the show. Thank got, you very much. This show has... There's a reason your name goes first in the description. Well, without further ado, <laughs> the news is that Over the Barricade podcast will be doing its first ever live podcast, and it will be done and conducted at KatsuCon 2018. So, there you go. That's the news. And, and, and Ryan, you have many more details than I, so would you uh, hit the bullet points for all of our listeners out there? Both of them are waiting with bated breath. I may or may not have set this up without telling you and then just told you after the fact that we were going to be doing it, but I knew you would approve. So, um, we, uh, we're going to be hosting a panel at KatsuCon 2018 at uh, National Harbor, just outside of D.C. Uh, That will be in February, uh, specifically. That'll be the 15th to the 18th of February. Currently, we are scheduled to present uh, on Sunday the 18th. We'll give you more details as we go along. That might change, but we are absolutely 100% accepted to, uh, to present our panel and... Our panel is going to be, uh, as KatsuCon, as some of you might know, is a Japanese culture convention, and uh, they have, uh, I think, between 20 and 25,000 in attendance every year. Um, Anyways, they are, uh, we are going to be presenting 2000, uh, excuse me, New Japan Pro Wrestling 2017 Year in Review. We're going to cover... Wrestle Kingdom from Wrestle Kingdom 11 at the beginning of 2017 all the way through up through Wrestle Kingdom 12 which is the proper culmination of a year in New Japan. Um they're uh 
Wrestle Kingdom Tokyo Dome shows are so well-placed in the first week of January. So we will be covering that, all the news and notes and happenings from what was a banner year in New Japan Pro Wrestling. We will be presenting that for a full-hour show at KatsuCon 2018. Uh, We're pretty excited about uh, this opportunity, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, If you go, certainly come by and see us. Uh, We are really, really pumped about this, and we have a lot of work to do to get ourselves completely 100% ready for this, but we're up for the challenge. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's we couldn't have picked a better year, I think, um, to review New Japan at a Japanese culture convention. Um, you know, and uh, we're going to record it, obviously, or try to. And uh, we will make <laughs> that's we will in. make every effort. <laughs> we will make every effort to record it and to release it as that week's episode. Um, but. Still, I urge you, if you're coming to KatsuCon, please stop by and check it out. We're going to tell you everything you need to know about Japanese wrestling. You don't have to have a background in wrestling. We'll give you everything we need to know. And um, speaking of New Japan, we have some major Wrestle Kingdom 12 news coming up uh, or that just came out this week. Um, it was funny that I got the word that we... Uh... We were gonna. This was official that we were going to be presenting the exact same week that the massive news came down the pipeline of what will be most certainly, I can only imagine, the co-main event at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, and that is all around the IWGP United States Championship that Kenny Omega currently holds, and. Uh, it's going to be a big one as Chris Jericho, after uh, Kenny Omega's match at Power Struggle over the weekend, he, uh, Omega, calling for opponents, calling for challengers, feeling that he was really above and better than any other challengers possible that New Japan could offer. And just like that, the crowd, the arena goes dark. Up on the screen is Y2J. And the challenge is set. The second New Japan, uh, excuse me, Wrestle Kingdom match officially made as it will be Alpha versus Omega Jericho versus Kenny, as uh, Chris Jericho mentioned. And it, Chris Jericho in his mid-40s is not going to p- necessarily have a five-star match every time he goes out. But I don't if know, you don't know that. If there's one guy who can get that great, last great great match out of Chris Jericho. It is Kenny Omega, and Jericho still can go out and put on really good matches, but Jericho versus Omega should be a thriller. Yeah, I mean, there's so much uh, that goes into this fight. I mean, they're both from Winnipeg. Um, You know, they both have similar outlooks on wrestling. They both have a ton of respect for each other. Um, That whole Twitter feud, we all knew it was an angle we just didn't know where it was going to culminate and, um, or if it was going to mean anything or if it was ever going to lead to anything. And, and, and I guess that, you know, it leading to this is so much above and beyond what anyone could have asked for. Um, you know, the story we're getting details as they come. Apparently Chris Jericho has been working, uh, negotiating with new Japan since August uh, they met in New York City with some New Japan officials, with Kenny, with Chris Jericho. They went over kind of the details of what they wanted to do. They did a masterful job at keeping it a secret. Um, nobody knew that that video was made, uh, to my understanding. And now, uh, at, at this point in time, it appears to be a one-off, you know, a one-night thing. Um it, it, but it is Chris Jericho, and you know, usually he likes to. I mean, obviously he likes to surprise people. That's what this is all about. And um, you know, usually he likes to hang around and 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 kind of stretch it out as far as he can. Uh, as seen with his last couple WWE runs, I think this year he was supposed to be done at WrestleMania, and he stayed until uh, Payback, um, and then he showed up on a random SmackDown. 
and things like that to continue his feud with Kevin Owens. Um, the the other thing here is if he does stick around in New Japan, then he's heavily cutting into his time to be worked into an angle for WrestleMania, which is coming up in April or late March. I'm not sure the exact date, but it's usually late March, early April every year. So it it's kind of cutting it close. Um, I don't think there's any bad blood between Jericho and WWE. He is a free agent as it stands currently. Um, so he's not breaching a contract or, or um, you know, choosing New Japan over WWE. Uh, uh, apparently, um, he actually came to WWE first, not about the New Japan thing, but about his cruise and wanted um, to do the NXT show on the boat. And WWE kind of turned him down on that. And so he went to Ring of Honor and they took him up on the offer. And, well, you know, arguably uh, cooler, you know, show that you're going to get on the boat. I mean, something that's never happened before. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, Cody Rhodes, by the way, just uh, confirmed for that uh, show on the cruise. But, you know, we're going to have Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, Jericho, he's wrestled in Japan before, but I'm pretty sure he's never wrestled for New Japan. Um, so this is this is a big deal. This is going to be the biggest match, um, I think, from the global perspective. I think in Japan, the biggest match will still be Okada Naito, but I think the um, a lot of eyeballs are going to be on this show on January 4th because of this. And um, since then, uh, in, in the following day, I believe it was, uh, f- like five more matches were announced for Wrestle Kingdom. I know there's going to be uh, Sho and Yo versus the Young Bucks for the junior tag titles um, and, and a couple other really good ones um, that I don't have in front of me right now, unfortunately. But the, the, the Wrestle Kingdom show always is um, very special. And for the last couple of years, they've really just used homegrown New Japan talent um, but um, or or an outsider that was heavily in the New Japan. He wasn't just coming in for the one show. So this is kind of a change of pace um, back to an, an older New Japan style, which was go all out, literally go all out for the January 4th show. And uh, I will be surprised if this match is anything below four stars, um, just seeing who's in it. I don't think that Chris Jericho is going to take any shortcuts in this match. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be done really big. And I think we, there's many more promos and many more um, parts of an angle that we're going to get to build up to this. I mean, they have November and December, so they've got you know almost two months to, uh, to uh, build this thing up. And according to everything I've read, Jericho wants this to feel like McGregor Mayweather. So one can only imagine what that means. Uh, to go back on a couple of points that you made, uh, Chris Jericho has never wrestled for New Japan Pro Wrestling before. Uh, when he wrestled in Japan in the mid-90s, which uh, is well, pretty was, well known. Uh, wrestling and Romance, right? That is correct. Wrestling and Romance also uh, eventually became known as Wrestle Association R, uh, where he wrestled as the Lionheart. Uh, after he had spent some time working in Mexico, working in the... Uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling area, uh, working in Canada, where, of course, he got his start out of uh, Calgary. And uh, he spent a couple of years working uh, with Wrestling and Romance, did 24 tours for the company, uh, wrestled current uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling booker Gato at one point mm-hmm. in time. Actually, uh, he lost in the finals of a tournament to crown the inaugural uh, well, it's acronym being WAR, uh, Wrestling and Romance, International Junior Heavyweight Champion uh, Championship. He beat Gato for the title, and then, lo and behold, the two come back together to put together uh, this crazy deal that we are now seeing with him in New Japan, at least for one match. Uh, and we've seen... Uh, now, I heard... Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks on a recent episode of another 
pretty popular wrestling podcast where it was recorded about a month ago, uh, and they were talking about how they had big plans for Wrestle Kingdom 12, but they couldn't talk about what they were. And then, of course, uh, those plans ended up being Chris Jericho. So the Young Bucks are typically involved in the sort of things that, that Kenny Omega is doing when they... You know, they talk about being the elite. It's not just the it's not just a catchy thing for their their YouTube show or something to tell sell T-shirts. Although it certainly works, um, they do a lot of work together. And the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have done a lot for each other. And they were both involved. Both parties were involved in getting this, uh, knowing about this match, and from what I understand, putting some of this match together. Um, Oh sure, yeah. I mean, and if if there's anybody doing, you know, one of one of the main big attractions to WWE is they have all the big names and they have all the celebrities and everything like that. And if there's anyone else doing that in wrestling, it's always kind of around the young bucks. So you, now you have Chris Jericho, um, not only a huge wrestling star but huge author, huge rock star. He's he's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom wrestling Kenny. Omega and and also later this month we have the Ring of Honor show in Texas opposite uh, NXT and now they've added um, Stephen Amell from uh, Green Arrow mm-hmm. to that show so yeah. they're all you know if if anybody's doing the celebrity the big name the the big pushes that are actually going to get publicity and get people interested and make them want to watch an event. It's always kind of circling the Young Bucks. Um, they are masters of promotion, uh, self-promotion, and otherwise. Yeah, they are... Uh, they're, they're really, really good at what they do, um, which right now, what they do is print money. They have made a lot of money. They've, without having the machine behind them, have done quite a lot. And, you know, there's a lot of question about, can you imagine if they were doing the same thing, but they had the machine behind them? Um, but unfortunately, we all well, we all know WWE well enough to know that if they got involved, it would have been ruined. Yeah, uh, you know, w- with the machine behind them, they may, you know, it's more likely that they would have done worse and yeah. it would have been less special. Yeah, um, I think part of their charm is that they're not part of the big promotion. They're now New Japan and Ring of Honor are huge promotions, can, you know, relatively speaking, but. You know, none of them are the juggernaut that the WWE is, which is why so many wrestling fans spend so much time watching and talking about it. Um, but this Jericho Mega match is going to be insane. Uh, we might have to try and find a way to watch this live when it uh, when it runs. Oh yeah, I'm going to watch it live. Um, when, I don't know what that would equate to in our time, but I, it's probably going to be in the middle of the night. Normally, those those events start at like three in the morning and they're like four and a half hour events. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a long night, but you know, you do what you do for, for that because there's no way that's not getting spoiled in the morning when you wake up. So, um, but we'll have more talk about wrestle kingdom as we get closer to it. Um, plenty of other items on the board. Um, of course, power struggle, Happened over the weekend, uh, along with Bound for Glory. Uh, we talked about them last week. Uh, I guess a couple things we can look at for, uh, for from the Power Struggle card. Um, the beyond Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega news, we had a couple of other key points to uh, that I think we should cover. Specifically, the Super Junior Tag Tournament finished up, and Rapungi 3K, uh, Sho and Yo, of course, uh, the team that is, at least in kayfabe, put together by Rocky Romero as the kind of sequel to Rapungi Vice. Um, they win the Super Junior Tag Tournament. Not quite as much fanfare as you see with things like G1 or Best of the Super Juniors, but still important. Uh, that is two big pay-per-view wins in a row for Rapongi 3K, and they seem to be certainly on their way to a championship opportunity. Um, or, uh, am I wrong? Maybe they're already the champions. <laughs> Wait a minute. 
Who, Rapongi? Rapongi's not currently the champions, are they? Am I getting this no, wrong? Uh, junior Tag is Young Bucks. I think you're right. I know you're right, but for some reason I don't feel you're right. <laughs> I don't know why. Why do I not feel like... Uh, anyways, uh, Young Bucks were also on that card. I'm trying not to focus on it too long. The Young Bucks were also on that card. They won their match. Um, they actually were... Uh, yeah, no, Rapongi 3K are the, the junior tag team champions. That's what I thought. They beat... Mm. Um, uh, dang it, it happened at... Uh, it happened at King of Pro Wrestling. Ah! They beat... Uh, man, I'm so mad at myself. I am blanking so hard. Well... Fill time! Fair, I must find this out! In my defense, the undercard of Power Struggle was just kind of there. So it was hard for me to really dig... You know, kind of get really super involved in it. It was really those last four matches that we were talking about last week that that captured all kind of, you know, fanfare and, and well, I don't know what the term I want to use. It's not like the undercard wasn't good, but it was vastly overshadowed, let's say. Um, I don't want to bury it because it was good, but it was not as good as the last four matches um, of of the show. Yeah. Um, ah, that's who Rapongi 3K beat at King of Pro Wrestling. Funky Future. Um, Ricochet and, uh, Taguchi for the, uh, Junior Heavyweight Championships. It was their debut. Um, the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. It was Rapongi 3K's debut. And they, uh, Sho and Yo, who were Young Lions with, um, with New Japan, went and did their excursion abroad, came back. And they were super popular as uh, Young Lions, from what I understand. And uh, are now the uh, winners of the 2017 Super Junior Tag Tournament and the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. I can only imagine that they're going to face the Young Bucks at Wrestle Kingdom. And, and I feel like that has to happen, right? I feel like there's not uh, a whole lot of... Show and Yo facing the Young Bucks. Let's, well, yeah, that's Rapongi 3K. Anyways. Now, now I'm confused. Sho and Yo are Rapongi 3K. They would be facing the Young Bucks at Wrestle Kingdom. You're that's, right. That would be For my some reason, every time you said Rapongi 3K, I was picturing Rapongi Vice. Yeah, um... Beretta is off doing his own things. Yes. Speaking and Romero of which, is gone. Yes, he is kind of... He is uh, the the director of Rapongi 3K, I think is what they were yeah. selling him as. Um, I'm just noticing Beretta wasn't on this card. No, yes, he, he was. was. He was against, against Kenny Omega. Omega. I am really struggling right now. It's been a long week. Uh, we should move on. It has been on. a long week. Kenny Omega I'm defeated sorry, I'm Beretta. Half, I'm half... Uh, doing this, I know this is totally unprofessional, like Jimmy Jacobs, but I'm half um, doing this and answering texts about my uh, sister who's just had a baby. So that's that's going on. Uncle I Brando. Mark that. What's that? Uncle Brando. Yep, yep. And they named him good wrestling name, Teddy. Good wrestling name. Buckle up. Buckle up, Teddy. Um. Do you want to move on to Bound for Glory, which is apparently was more of a mess than this last couple of minutes has been? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't really... I mean, I know what happened, but I don't know how to describe it audibly. So, you, know what, you, you go ahead and take the lead, because I don't want to get into everything, but we had Alberto Del Rio return. We had, um, you know, every match had outside interference. We had... One match totally taken off the card due to, I believe, visa issues with uh, Tara Valkyrie. So, 
Yeah, I don't, where do you want to start? The irony that somebody had visa issues when one of the match stipulations was somebody losing would lose their work visa, and that actually happened. Remember we laughed about if Grado loses to Abyss, he would lose his work visa would be terminated and he'd have to leave the United States, but this event happened in Canada? Mm-hmm. That happened. That totally happened. Um, yeah, this... This card was a bit of a mess. Uh, the one of the probably only highlights to come out of this is Gail Kim is is knockouts champion again. Uh, she has won that championship a whole bunch. Um, I, it's really kind of funny that she never worked. She didn't really work out the way she want they need, wanted her to in WWE. It's so odd that she's always worked out so much better in. Uh, TNA slash Impact, but she has been um, their champion, let's see here, a total of seven times uh, knockout champion, so yeah, that's that's a lot, <laughs> I don't know if, if anybody's won that championship more than her, I think she owns that championship, <laughs> she bought the belt, she bought the belt, They Jim Hurd needs to stay away, so she doesn't take the belt to another promotion. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I'm trying to see if I can find the record, and I'm really struggling at the moment. Uh, the other thing that really happened, that the some of the other big news that happened, other than Alberto uh, El Patron returning after his long suspension, was um, the debut of Jimmy Jacobs into uh into impact wrestling new moniker new gimmick just calling himself the princess from what we understand because he was also on the television tapings that were happening in ottawa last night yeah um i haven't read into what his role would be but it seems that he's kind of like the drifter um but shirtless and uh once he's going to be an announcer, maybe I don't, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's impact is just it's tough to tell. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Bound for Glory did not receive uh, rave reviews. Eli Drake is still your champion. Um, if you, you actually, um, the interesting thing about that is if I remember this correctly. Um, I believe Fight Pro Wrestling, which is a uh, promotion in our neck of the woods, is um, putting on a show in Hagerstown, and guess who is the headliner for that show? That was a long uh, wait for the fact that it's just the guy I was just talking about. Uh, I was trying to come up with something cool like Abdullah the Butcher. Uh. That would be interesting, I suppose. Um, anywho, uh, Eli Drake, the uh, Impact Champion, main eventing for uh, Fight Pro Wrestling's live event, Hub City Showdown. And we're not being paid, we just like to promote indie wrestling. Um, that's his show in Hagerstown that is on the 17th of October. That's actually next week. Uh, 17th? Am I saying that right? Yes, Friday, November 17th. Uh, Eli Drake's going to be taking on the uh, Lucha Underground's own uh, Ricky Reyes, also known as Cortez Castro, as he's uh, known in Lucha Underground, or was known in Lucha Underground. That's its own uh, its own interesting thing at the moment. Uh, but there's some big names on this card. We know that uh, we're going to be seeing uh, Michael Zamato. On this card, taking on Tanner Reynolds, Michael Zamato, of course, somebody we're relatively familiar with. AC Wolf, also on this card. Uh, Riot City's Most Wanted. Corey Bush will be on this card. And uh, Mercedes Martinez is also going to be on this card. She is, of course, uh, was one of the semifinalists for the May Young Classic. And she will be featured on this card. It's a pretty good card. I gotta say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it'll be uh, next Friday, the 17th of November, Hagerstown YMCA. Um, 
check them out uh, if you can. I believe we have another friend of the show who's going to be, if not on that card, I think he's going to be at that show. I think Killian is on that show. Uh, If he's not on it, I think he's there. I think I think he's going to be there. I'm not sure. I should probably check this before I'm promoting him for it. It's a Friday. Yes, it's this coming Friday. Well, just so we're clear, yeah, well, I just googled Killian McMurphy. Guess who the second picture is that comes up for Killian McMurphy? Is it Killian Murphy? Uh, no. Actually, if you go to images, it's the first one. It's Ty Awesome. <laughs> so when you search yeah. Killian McMurphy, Ty Awesome is the first picture that comes up. You can play along at home. <laughs> Sorry, Killian. Although this is really great, I just love it. It's a clip. It's it's from it's from Ty's match versus Killian, um, mm. which was la- around this time last year for uh, WWWA, but. The fact that Killian's not the first picture when you search for him, I'm I'm kind of bummed for the guy because he puts in really good work, but that is really funny. Sorry, uh, Killian. He'll get there. Sorry, Killian. Um. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, Bound for Glory was a mess. So has been part of this podcast. Um. I guess the next biggest news after that is. Uh, something that you drew my attention to that I was oblivious to, and that was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were sent home from the uh, UK tour because of what happened on SmackDown Live. Yes. Um, Or from the Europe tour, I should say. It was... It was the SmackDown Live in Manchester... Although it wasn't really live, it was uh, on on tape delay, I should say. And um, apparently, from from what I know, from what I've read, they were supposed to continue an angle after the match with Zayn and um, was it Kofi? He was in there with yes, Sami Zayn versus Kofi Kingston uh, with. Owens and the rest of the New Day on the outside, uh, Woods and Big E on the outside. So he was supposed to lose, and then they were there was supposed to be this kind of continuous beatdown of Zayn and Owens. And apparently Zayn and Owens, like, Owens did the run-in, and then they, they bailed out of the ring, and they just hightailed it up the ramp. And didn't, uh, weren't fed to the New Day. The New Day didn't beat him down to look strong, and uh, apparently due to that, um, from everything that we know, uh, they were sent home, sent off the tour, flew back home, and we don't know, you know, one can only assume they'll be at SmackDown this week, you know, five days before Survivor Series, Um, but there's been no update as of right now. There are rumors swirling about what in the heck actually happened, but I think the simple fact of the matter is that is not a good thing to have on your resume, especially WWE is got a lot of... They've had a lot of issues with various talent in the last couple of months that we've talked about, and um, that's probably not a good way to go if you're going to try and avoid any problems with... Uh, with um management because they management seems like they're really 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 not interested in this type of activity really really remember when that was a thing um i do (laughs) um the other news of course that happened on smackdown live beyond the backstage stuff was of course we have a new champion uh, AJ Styles. I would like you to start this story by saying you were right and I was wrong. I, 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 I'm, I guess I guess I have to admit that uh, just like you just said, I was right and you were wrong. I don't know why you guessed the other way around, but um, I believe if you go back to the the last thing on last week's episode, I asked you to make a prediction of who would be WWE champion when we recorded tonight, and you said. Jinder Mahal, and I said AJ Styles. 
I mean, who listens to the old episodes while we're recording the new ones? I mean, why do why do we need to look back on these? We just we put it behind us and we leave the library there so that everybody else can go listen back. Um, and then we can go listen back in 10 years. And you know what? When we go listen back in 10 years and I hear that again, we'll have another conversation about it. But until that happens. Or you'll just edit it. Or I'll just edit it because I have that power. Um, you do. AJ Styles is the WWE champion. And all of that booking we put into making gender look like a legit contender or a legit comp- opponent to, to Brock Lesnar out the window. Yeah, the thing about that is, you know, everything that's happened the last couple of months, I think Jinder held the title for like 170 days or something like that. Everything that's happened over that period of time didn't really hurt Randy Orton because Randy Orton's a made man, but it kind of did really hurt Shinsuke Nakamura. And um, to think that it really wasn't for anything, I mean, we have to wait and see. We have to wait and see where this is going. There's rumors that they're going to switch the title back next week on SmackDown. There's rumors that um, they're going to switch the title at um, Clash of Champions during the India tour. Pretty much any upcoming SmackDown event, it's rumored that the title is going to go back to Jinder because the idea is still for Jinder to face Cena at WrestleMania. Jinder going in as the champion, Cena coming out as the champion, and there's going to be a big hadoo about uh, Cena breaking the WWE's recognized you know, Ric Flair record, recognized Flair title reigns, which isn't the actual one um, of, of of sixteen. So no, but that man uh, sells it. Yeah. Um. So unless that plan has changed, now we were going to get into that. Um, during Survivor Series main event, John Cena was penciled in to be the special guest referee. And I guess something was going to happen in the finish where Brock would go over and that was going to lead to Cena and um, Jinder feuding. So I guess we'll find another way to get into that. Um, John Cena obviously was shifted over to the men's 5-on-5 Raw vs. SmackDown Survivor Series match. Yes, the spot uh, that was, we can only assume, was for AJ Styles, based on the booking up until this week. Um, Yeah, he was supposed to face Rusev on uh, SmackDown this past week. Styles was. Styles was, and the winner of that was to be added to the team. Correct. Um, Of course, they changed that in the middle of the week. And um, Rusev faced Randy Orton instead, and if Rusev won, he would have taken that spot, but uh, that didn't happen. That did not happen. And then Rusev tweeted once Cena was announced for the Survivor Series team, um, you know, way to earn the spot onto the team, you know, at John Cena. So, or something along those lines. So Rusev, yeah, he, not he, too happy. His actual tweet was... Um, Congrats to my friend John Cena who qualified for survive for the Survivor Series fair and square. Go get them, Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently he apologized to some degree. He said, "Sorry, this was later that night. Sorry, my Twitter got hacked by Honest Rusev." Hashtag Rusev Day. <laughs> uh, th- by the way, yeah. this is great. Um. Cena tweeted back at him today. I, the Twitter police. Uh, Cena tweeted back at him today. Is my once solid friendship with Honest Rusev and Angry Rusev now in question? Hashtag Rusev Day. Um, and he uh, Google translated, uh, or he posted in Bulgarian, sorry for my friend. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. These, I will say, Rusev and Cena seem to understand how to use Twitter correctly. <laughs> yeah, especially Rusev. And, um, you know, SmackDown this week was a far better show than Raw, although the, the advance for SmackDown was about 3,000, which is horrible for a live 
SmackDown, televised SmackDown in England in a, in an arena that holds 21,000 people. So maybe that had something to do with the booking changes. Um, the rating was certainly a very strong rating for SmackDown. Well, the spoilers um, did come out uh, earlier in the day. And, I mean, if you knew the booking, you could kind of see the writing on the wall. But um, but they were... It, it is interesting that the UK wrestling scene has gotten so much better. And that part of me wonders if a lot of that is hurting when WWE tours over there. Because you never really see kind of the crowd sizes or anything like that. Um, you know, the... It, it's it's intriguing to me, and that also might be why they don't emanate from London anymore. London, compared to Manchester, London is much more expensive to put on that type of event. It's it's I wouldn't say much cheaper, but it's cheaper to do it in Manchester, which is why the last few years they haven't gone to London for their TV shows as much. They've gone to Manchester and Newcastle, uh, which are less expensive. London is one of the most expensive cities in the world, so... You can see where they're trying to save money, but that also might be part of it. You know, they're going to what should be a really good crowd in Manchester, and maybe the England fans have such have better wrestling product that they like anyway, or a wrestling product they liked more. They just don't spend as much money to go out. Yeah, you know, and um, you know, Jinder put out a, a a post on social media basically saying. Uh, you know, AJ Styles was the better man tonight. Um, because, I mean, because truly, that this was one of Jinder's best matches. It was certainly his best title defense um, since he's become champion. Well, and it may be his his best match that he's had. And um, well, that's what happens so, when you go into the ring with one of, if not the best pro wrestler in the world. Yes, yeah. So um, he 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 put out a post saying basically, better man won and some other stuff. And then he ended it by saying, you know, he was kind of addressing everyone on, on the internet and saying, this was not a failed experiment. Um, I did not fail wellness policy. And, um, what was the other thing he, uh, he said basically, Oh, um, he's not injured. Those were the rumors that he he was injured, that he failed a wellness test, or that he just wasn't um, selling tickets as champion. Which that that last one, selling tickets, seems to be at least in the advanced sense, and 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 the amount that was tarped off for SmackDown seems to be true. I mean, I don't know if you can base it all off the one show, but usually when they go to England, uh, like we said, it. it you know, it's hard to get those tickets because they only go there once or twice a year for a Raw or SmackDown, and it's a high-profile show. Um, so it's interesting that um, he he would say those things. You know, he would address the rumors. Um, I don't know if it made it to TV because I, I, I was kind of watching with the volume off, but live reports were that the crowd... Uh, in Manchester was chanting you're on steroids during the AJ Styles Jinder Mahal match. So oh, sure I watched it live out, but... and I didn't hear it, but at the same time I was paying more attention to the match than the crowd during that time. So uh, yeah. it's England. It certainly could have been that's what was being chanted. England has England and Canada have the smarkiest fans, uh, which is not necessarily an insult. Sometimes it is, but in this case it's not. Uh, they uh, they let them have it. Uh, they have their own chance, and they have everything they do kind of their own way. Um, and I think Jinder Mahal, everybody was for. I think a lot of people were for that type of move early on because it was different and unexpected. But we didn't see much progression in the character or the story of him being champion. It feels like one of those moments where it was like, we got the surprise championship change, and then it was like, well, now what do we do? Yeah, and it was the um... and, and all of his matches went the same way. There was no there was no real newness to any of his matches. It was always he only won matches by having help on the outside, which 
you know, I, I get being a being a sly heel and having assistance, and you know, he wouldn't. He's not the first guy to do that, and he certainly won't be the last. But there isn't a the reason a guy like this is a weird comparison to make, but listen to me through the whole thing. The reason a guy like Edge can do something similar to Jinder Mahal, uh, or as to what Jinder Mahal was doing, is that Edge found different ways to end his matches where he was just getting out with the belt, just getting out with the victory, just getting away from the hero. Jinder did the same thing every time. It was, you know, the only time where he kind of one in a way that was like, well, that was actually kind of clean, was against Baron Corbin, and even then, Corbin got surprised by Cena. So, when you kind of put the same thing out every time, and then you had that kind of racist stuff they did with Shinsuke Nakamura at one point, um, it, it wasn't good. They did, didn't give him yeah. good content. I think the thing is, you know, with all that stuff, and you know, with having the Singh brothers, they're trying to give, they're trying to make him super heated. You know, they're trying to get a lot of heat on him from the crowd. And it, I don't think it re- ever reached that pinnacle of where they wanted it to be for him to just be this guy that comes out and just gets, you know, drowned in, in, in booze. And, um, I think the closest he ever got to that was, uh, when he was, he was working over AJ uh, last Tuesday, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they where they go with that. If it's still penciled in for him to face Cena for the WWE title, you know, but a lot of people would a lot of people would rather see AJ Nakamura for the WWE title, you know, and that's just as likely, um, especially at this point. Um, you know, certainly. AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar is a better match than age than Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar. Well, but all the build it's, was put it's a better, into Jinder and Brock. It's a better match on paper, and I think the build was better suited for Jinder versus Brock. But how much do you think Lesnar really sells for AJ Styles? Isn't it weird well, we have to have this conversation for every Lesnar match, but how much do you think he really honestly sells outside of the forearm? From what I've heard, Lesnar was pushing for AJ. Oh, that's interesting. So, well, yeah. Lesnar's so, no dummy. He's going to make more money if it's AJ Styles. Yeah, he's he's definitely a businessman. And um, he, to my understanding, he he had some influence in the title change. Um, this isn't, you know, this isn't anything new. You know, Hogan had much more clout than Lesnar does. I'm sure, um, back in the day, but yeah, to, it is my understanding that, uh, Lesnar put his two cents in and his two cents were to switch the belt to AJ. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's going to I mean, be that's pretty interesting. The storyline I think is, a is got a, there need to be some tweaks. I'm interested to see how they're going to do this now with essentially one week worth of booking. Um, but the only way out of this that I can see mm-hmm. is because I th- I think that everyone believes that they're not going to have Lesnar lose. I think everyone knows, or at least thinks they know, that Lesnar's going to win. The only way out is for 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 AJ to win. There has to be interference. And I'm thinking the club, you'll have Gallows, you'll have Anderson, you'll have Finn. And that will lead to perhaps Gallows and Anderson hopping brands and going to SmackDown. Um, But more likely that would lead to a uh, Lesnar-Balor feud, which could uh, wrap up either at, you know, the, the Royal Rumble or the 25th anniversary of Raw, probably the Royal Rumble, but... I think yeah. they're going to try to build up the 25th anniversary of Raw episode a lot, too. Well, um, they're going to be... The 25th anniversary of Raw episode is the go-home show to the Rumble. I don't think they're going to oversell it too much. They're going to have big moments, but you're not going to have any big title changes that happen there. Uh, you'll mar- probably see the Cruiserweight Championship defended on that show. The women's title will probably be defended on that show. Uh, maybe even the IC title will be defended on that show. Um 
two of those three championships will be defended on that Raw show. But we also know that SmackDown's going to be involved in this. This is going to be... We're hearkening back to the Super Show days. Um, so we know that the SmackDown superstars are going to be involved as well. So there's plenty of possibilities with that show, but I don't think you're going to see a world title change of any kind um, or any sort of you know match of that caliber on the 25th anniversary of Raw. I think the big the big moments and the big surprises are going to be from uh, from Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and the Undertaker, the rumored Undertaker. The rumored. By the way, Undertaker was on that Ric Flair uh, documentary. Still, really weird to see him talking out of character. Yeah, it's never going to. Be... I've I've seen him do it before. To the uh, documentarian that that directed it. Um, when the crew went to Undertaker's house to film and to interview him, he had brewed coffee for them, and there were snacks laid out. And he was he was one of the nicest <laughs> and kindest and most accommodating people that that director had ever worked with. None of that surprises me from what I've heard about Mark Calloway, but it's still the Undertaker, and it like I'll never be used to it. It just it will never seem right. His Hall of Fame speech is going to be the weirdest, like, 15 minutes of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be weird. You know, it's like, um, I forget which show it was. It was on the podcast, I believe, and uh, I don't really remember, but it was CM Punk was telling a story about how, um, you know, the first time The Undertaker texted him LOL, a little bit of his childhood died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's horrifying. That might be the scariest thing Undertaker's ever done. Um, yeah. All right, so with the last few minutes, I want to talk about something that I heard about in the last few days. Um, and and this is not necessarily breaking news, but it's something we haven't talked about to this point, and it's something that has been a buzz on the internet for the last few weeks. But Ring of Honor is planning to do their own streaming service. Uh, we've talked about the Impact streaming service that's possibly coming. Obviously, WWE has the network. New Japan has uh, New Japan World. Uh, even uh, DDT Pro Wrestling, I think, has their own streaming service. So, Ring of Honor, with their library, Ring of Honor seems like the biggest contender to WWE's title in that arena. I mean, you know, relatively speaking, I don't think Ring of Honor is going to have a million and a half subscribers, but they seem like with their caliber of their library, they're going to have some good success with that, depending on how much they want it to make. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Ring of Honor streaming service? Are you going to get it if it, uh, whenever it does come out, depending on that price? Um, it. I guess it will depend, really, you know. It'll depend on what shows that they put on there. It will it be live? You know, is it going to be every live major event? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd probably get it. But if it's just a tape library, I don't know. You know, um, will they pair? Will the uh, New Japan business relationship bleed into that? Will it be New Japan World plus Ring of Honor? Um, and, and all the live events and all the tape libraries of both companies, because that would be worth it. Um, would Ring of Honor consider streaming some of their live events that are not like pay-per-views that, or TV tapings? Would they consider doing some of their like specialty events that they wouldn't have put on pay-per-view? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, yeah, you know, maybe it, like it some really of the, depends on the details. Some of the like some of the buildup that they have, like. I know this just recently happened, but some of the build-up, like, towards Death Before Dishonored, do you do like New Japan does, and you just show some events leading up to it, or do you try the WWE method of, you know, milk your tape library, come up with some, not necessarily original programming, but maybe some documentary-style pieces, um, you know, profiles on some of your your wrestlers, and um, will the Young Bucks get their own show? See, the problem is, I don't know what number they'd be shooting for, and all those things that you just mentioned, there's there's a budget that's needed to do that. 
And that's a problem that the WWE hasn't even solved with their, you know, 1.5 million subscribers is how do we put on content at a low enough cost that we are still making a lot of money? They did well this past quarter, um, but, you know, for for a lot of the time that the network's been out, um, pretty much all the money it's brought in has gone back into production mm-hmm. of shows and everything. So there, there hasn't been... Uh, a super high profit coming off of that. Um, you know, it's getting better because they're doing less shows. They're more relying on the pay-per-views and uh, special events and, and uh, tournaments and NXT and stuff like that. So, you know, I, 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 you know, I'd love for Ring of Honor to have that sort of capital that they could uh, put on a bunch of original programming and, and in-depth, you know, character bios and, and you know, a Young Buck show maybe even, but, you know, it, I don't think that from a business standpoint it would make sense to put like a show like Being the Elite on there because right now that's free and that's accessible and that is a promotional tool for the Bullet Club. Sure. So I don't think taking it off of YouTube, putting it onto a paid subscription service would would be smart. And how different would the Young Buck show be from that? You know, unless it was a different format, it's probably going to be a, a lot of the same recycled material, mm-hmm. um, which could make it go stale. So it, it, it it's a very fine line to cross. Yeah. Uh, Ring of Honor's had their best year ever. Um, so obviously they're looking to grow and expand like they should be, but. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it would certainly be a gamble, um, as it was for WWE. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, their competition right now is DDT Universe, uh, the Global Wrestling Network, which is Anthem's uh, streaming service we talked about a few weeks ago. Um Of course, the WWE Network, New Japan World, although you do wonder if Ring of Honor does come out with one, given their working relationship with New Japan, would they consider doing some sort of combination effort, or will they keep those separate? Uh, probably smarter to keep them separate. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, though. You know, um, Certainly, if New Japan is wanting to branch into the U.S., oh, that's something that happened this week that uh, we should mention, probably. You must make it quick. We are down to two minutes. Okay, New Japan is coming back to Long Beach. Um they are coming back, I believe it's two weeks before WrestleMania. Um, so that's kind of interesting because that Long Beach show, the two Long Beach shows that they did last summer, uh, there was a lot of fly-ins for that. It was uh, People that came to that show were traveling. Mm-hmm. So people that are going to come to that show are most likely going to travel to WrestleMania or, or would want to. So you have a show that people are going to have to fly out to two weeks before they have to fly out to WrestleMania, that might cause a problem. Now, they're only doing one night. Uh, they're not doing a two-night show, but they did book a bigger venue. I believe the venue that they booked holds 5,000 people. Last year, it was like 2,500, 2,300, something along those lines. Yes. So they're doing uh, they... one night. They're tr- I'm sorry, go ahead. They're, trying to do, they're doing one night. They're trying to do 5,000 people. Um, they haven't announced anything for it. I'm sure the uh, U.S. title will be on the line, of course. Um, but that will be uh, two weeks before this WrestleMania in Long Beach. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, the event, uh, that's... the event is called Strong Style Evolved. It's going to be March 25th, 2018 in Long Beach at the Walter Pyramid, um, which is at Long Beach State University. As you said, it uh, holds about 5,000. Uh, as opposed to uh, their previous event, which was about 2,300. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I think they're they're growing this pretty in a pretty smart way, uh, and we'll have to see how it goes. We are about out of time. Anything you want to leave for the folks at home in the last 20 seconds? Uh, you know, just check out KatsuCon online and, uh, you know, come see us. That's I mean, we'll, we'll be plugging that every week until we get there. KatsuCon... 2018, that will be uh, February 15th to the 18th. We'll keep providing more details as we go along. That'll do it for us this week. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about the Ric Flair uh, 30 for 30, and we will uh, 
See you all next week. Stay tuned for the plugs. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for over the barricade podcast on iTunes and Google play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando and don't forget you can send us an email over the barricade podcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week. Hello?